Real quick, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke 17. Luke chapter 17. Stand, if you will, when you get there. All right, beginning in verse 11. And it came to pass as he went into Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Now turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, familiar passage. First Thessalonians chapter 5, and look at verse 18. In everything, give thanks... For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's say it one more time. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to stand before your congregation and share your word. Father, I just pray that everything we do this morning in the breaking of the bread of life will bring honor and glory to you. Pray you'll forgive us of our sins as we approach your throne of grace this morning. We want to be right with you. Lord, we want to be those vessels of honor that glorify you. Give me the words to say. Bring to my mind remembrance those things I've studied. I thank you for the privilege and the honor, Lord, of preaching your holy word. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you in a free pardon of sin, Our prayer is that your Holy Spirit will deal with that heart and bring them to the cross before it's eternally too late. Lord, you know prayer requests that are on our hearts. We just pray, Father, that your will will be done with each of the requests, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for our salvation. And thank you, Lord, for being our Savior. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. This Thursday, many friends and family will come together and they'll celebrate Thanksgiving. You say, well, what is Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving 
is a time for us to praise God and lift Him up and thank Him for the many benefits that He has given us through the year. But understand, thanksgiving for us should be an attitude year-round. It shouldn't be just once a year we thank the Lord for His blessings and His benefits. It should be every single day. Amen. Amen. So, Thanksgiving make, reminds me, growing up, uh, I can always remember going to grandma's, grandpa's, I can always remember going to granny's, and all the family would come together and, oh, the food, that's all I'm going to say. Don't get me to share with you all that I ate, because I ate my share, even as a boy growing up. I, I can put away groceries then, and I still can today. But there was always good food. But what made Thanksgiving so special was family. It was a time to come together and fellowship. And during that, you know, we, we got to play with our cousins. We got to visit with aunts and uncles, great aunts and uncles. And, of course, then there was always football. But those days have passed. You know, my grandparents have gone on to be with the Lord. Most of my family's getting older. Some of them have gone on to be with the Lord. So all I've got is my family and my grandkids and my friends, my church family. But that's not Thanksgiving. I hope you understand Thanksgiving is an attitude of the heart where we know the blessings of God. Amen. It's just not about the food we eat or watching a ball game or even being with family. It's about praising God for all of his benefits. Now, sometimes in scripture we read a verse and we don't quite let it sink in of what God is truly telling us in a passage. This is a simple verse, but there is so much there. And I want to share that with you this morning. So, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Understand this morning who Paul is talking to. Well, he's talking to those that are in the body of Christ, those that make up the church at Thessalonica, and he's talking to them. They were a saved people, a redeemed people, a people of hope, and a people of faith, yet they were facing trials. And Paul is writing to encourage them. And beloved, if there was ever a time to be encouraged, we need it now. Amen. Understand there are infidels out there trying to do away with the American flag. They're trying to do away with the church. They're trying to do away with Christmas. And believe me, if they get their way, they will be trying to do away with Thanksgiving. They don't want God, the church, or anything to do. But listen to me. Whether the world comes against us, Hell comes against us. We stand our ground and we be thankful for the benefits that God has given us. And we show that to a lost and dying world. Oh, they want to silence us. Sure they do. Listen, 
Don't think for a moment that the devil doesn't have an agenda. He wants to silence the church. And even back then, 2,000 years ago, when Paul's dealing with Thessalonica, the church was facing issues with false teachers. The church was facing issues with false doctrine. They didn't even know if their loved ones who died in Christ were with the Lord. They thought when the rapture took place, they were left out, those that died. Listen, there's a lot of that, and they were discouraged. But listen to me. Look at what Paul says. Look at verse 8 and 9 and 10. Notice what he's telling them. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. Verse 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or we sleep, we should live together with him. What Paul's doing is encouraging them. Listen, times might get rough, he's saying, and I'm using my terms. But what he's doing is he's encouraging them in the Lord because, one, they have obtained salvation and eternal life, and it was something they would never, ever lose. You see, the world can only be thankful for temporal things, but those of us in Christ We praise Him for the eternal things. Amen. We praise Him for the eternal things. Oh, listen. We might get discouraged, but go on. Stay faithful. Stay committed because it's going to be worth it all in the end. Amen. Now, notice He says, in every thing. Now, did you get that? In everything. You mean when I'm sick, when I'm going through a trial, I'm to praise God for that? Yes. Even when I don't have patience for things, I'm still to praise God and be thankful? Yes. Even when my family turns their back on me and forsakes me. I'm to be thankful. In everything, give thanks. So yes, in everything, you're to thank God for. You say, well, it would be easy for Paul, would it? Really? Understand, this very church that he's addressing in his letter, he had to literally escape from being hurt. They threatened him. He left. But not only that, all through his ministry, there was times that he was beaten with rods. He was arrested. He was shipwrecked. He was left for dead. But yet notice what the Apostle Paul says. In everything, be thankful. He was jailed and imprisoned. Listen, in everything, give thanks. And let's look at that word give (laughs) I looked at that and I thought hmm it's not an option 
It's an obligation. God expects you and I as believers to give thanks. Amen? It is not only an obligation, but it's a requirement. I'm required to be thankful? Yes, you are. You see, we read about ten lepers that called out to the Lord. And and these lepers, of course we all know that leprosy is a picture of what? Sin. It defiles, it separates, it is gross. I mean, people that have leprosy, they were left in colonies to where they were separated. In fact, they couldn't go to the temple unless they had been cleansed. I mean, nobody wanted anything to do with them. But somewhere, somehow, and I've often wondered, I wonder how they knew being full of leprosy. I wonder how they had knew about Jesus. Well, remember, Jesus healed a woman that had an issue with blood. Jesus healed Jairus' daughter. There was the little bitty guy that climbed the sycamore tree. That's right, Zacchaeus. The demoniac. Gadara, there were all of these examples where the Lord made time for them and he healed. And by the way, he still heals today. Physically, but most importantly, spiritually. Amen? Now there's ten lepers. And Out of the ten, one was one of them awful ones. He was a Samaritan. Amen. Half Jew, half Gentile. And the Jews literally had nothing to do with them. They would literally walk around Samaria to keep from seeing another Samaritan. They were hated. They were despised by the Jews. But understand, here these ten come up. Jesus has mercy and he bestows grace upon them and their bodies are healed. And Jesus still works the same way today, doesn't he? When we come to him in sin, no matter what the sin is, he can heal us. And he will heal us by the touch of grace. Understand, with the Lord, he doesn't pick and choose. He just answers when we come by faith. Now, there were ten. Out of the ten, all of them left. He told them to go to the priest. That was the law. They had to go and present themselves. But there was the one that fell at his feet and worshipped him and thanked him for what he had done. So basically, ten got new bodies, but only one out of the ten got a new heart. Amen? And that's what salvation is, is when we get a heart replacement. Amen. So he thanks the Lord. And he falls down 
at the feet of Jesus and he worships him and he thanks him. And then what did Jesus say? Where are the other nine? Were there not ten of you? You see, they weren't thankful for what God had done for them. I wonder if there's been any time in our life where we've acted like the nine. A lot of times, I'll go ahead and say it, God blesses you and I every day. The very breath we're breathing right now, we take it for granted. He blesses us all the time. But you know what? All we keep doing is asking him for more and more, not recognizing that we ought to be thanking him for everything he's already done. That's a fact. Been there, just like denying sometimes. We want and we want, and sometimes when he gives, we don't even thank him for what he's done. Now, in everything, give required thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You mean it's God's will for me to be thankful? Yes, it is. That's his will for you and I, to be thankful for what we have. I know some of you ladies appreciate what I'm fixing to say. You know, when Thanksgiving comes, you ladies do all of the cooking, right? You prepare, and then we enjoy it. And then when everybody's done eating, everybody's done with dessert, you look over at the sink and you see a whole stack of dishes. And you think to yourself, I know you do, but have you ever stopped to think you are to be thankful for that stack of dishes. You say, oh no, too many. Why would I be thankful for that stack of dishes? Because it shows how well you have been blessed by God. There's dishes stacked in the sink, but listen, there's people that don't have anything to eat. But God has blessed you. You shouldn't murmur. You shouldn't complain. And I'm not just talking to you women. I'm talking about all of us. We shouldn't complain when we see that stack of dishes. It should be a reminder of how good God has been to us. How faithful he's been to us. Right? Kind of like that old boy shipwrecked on that island. He was there for a while, building a hut. And he went to gather firewood. As he was coming back, he looked at his hut and it was all inflamed, engulfed in flames. And he falls on his knees and he's angry. Lord, that was my shelter. Why would you allow that? Looked out and he saw a ship coming toward the shore. You see, he had... It not been for the smoke from the fire, he would have still been on that island. But he was rescued. But again, wasn't truly grateful until he realized if it hadn't caught on fire, I'd still be. Isn't that just like us? It truly is. But in 
everything, give thanks to God. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And let me just say something. When mom got cancer, and anybody that's going through cancer now, Lori even, you hear that word and you cringe. It's not that you fear death, because you know deep down, if you're a, a child of God, you have a home waiting for you. And there's nothing to fear. But when you hear that word, you still are concerned because you don't want to leave your loved ones. You enjoy what God has given you. But it's a burden. But after talking to mom, and and I remember us talking, and and, uh, she says, you know what? And I almost hit her with a phone book. (laughs) She She goes, you know what, son? She goes, I'm glad I got cancer. And I said, you're what? Have you lost your mind? It must be the chemo or something. You're glad you got cancer. And she goes, son, my relationship is closer to the Lord than I've ever had it before. It's a great testimony. Same thing with Lori. It makes you closer. Because what it does, when we want to do the will of God for our life, it does two things. The first thing it does, when we are in the will of God and we have a thankful heart, it makes us confident in God. You see, we are in the will of God. Our confidence is that God is sovereign He is in control. He will lead me. He will direct me. And I will just follow him because I have confidence in him. So it shows confidence. You say, but it's still hard. It is. I mean, when you go through a a rough patch, trial, especially concerning your health, be confident in knowing One, you're not alone. He is there with you in your suffering. And two, be confident in knowing He is the Lord Jesus Christ who can heal. And then, and this is a hard one, when we face the loss of a loved one in death, it's hard. Very hard. But have confidence in knowing that He who went to the cross to die for our sins rose from the dead in victory the third day. And because He lives, those loved ones that die in Christ will one day be in His presence. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So it should, by walking in the will of God in Christ Jesus, it should make us more confident in Him. 
But number two, when we are in the will of God in Christ Jesus, it makes us more committed. You see, when our confidence in God grows, we can't help but me be more committed. And what I mean by that is this. Lord, it's not anymore what I want, but it's what you want for me. Lord, it's about you. I just want Jesus. Amen? And when I'm confident in him, it makes me more committed to him. I want the things he wants for me, not what I want. I've learned sometimes what I want can get me in trouble. You say, oh, are you out there sinning? No, no. I'm talking about sometimes I've asked for things that I thought I needed and I wanted them. And God said, okay, son, I'll let you have them. And I found out they weren't what I wanted at all. Amen. And God will do that sometimes. <laughs> Took a church. You've heard me say it many times. I thought I wanted. Yeah. Uh-uh. What was I thinking? Uh, you better act only when God says act. He'll let you know. Again, ten lepers. Only one was thankful and fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him for his grace. And there's another lesson we can learn about that one that was grateful for the grace. You see, one, he truly got a new heart. And he was saved. Right then and right there by the act of faith. And he thanked God for his salvation. You and I, as Paul addressed this letter to the church body there at Thessalonica, what Paul was saying is the one thing, yes, you might be going through trials. Yes, you might be suffering. But listen to me. You have the Lord's salvation and you have a future home waiting for you. And beloved, when you and I are saved, we are to be mindful of who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ. I have been forgiven and you have been forgiven. The Lord has done for us what no other could do. He's done for us. And we couldn't even start to repay him for what he's done for us. But yet he did it because he loves us. Again, that leper, one out of ten, fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him for his grace. And the second thought I want to bring to your attention is it was grace. You see, he told all of them to go to the temple before the priest because that's what the law required for a leper that was cleansed. They had 
to be inspected. But this old Samaritan knew that he didn't need to go to the temple. Why? Because the temple represented the law. Beloved, we are saved by God's grace through faith, not law. And that very thing right there ought to make you and I thankful this morning. Not of any works that we do. Lest any man should boast. You see, we're saved by grace through faith. And the Bible says he fell and he glorified God. Beloved, that's what Thanksgiving is. The day we set aside to glorify him. But I will say it and reiterate it one more time. Thanksgiving for the believer is every day. God just doesn't bless us one day out of the year. His blessings are continually. And by the way, why should you and I keep from worshiping and praising him for his many benefits only one day of the week? See, he and he alone is worthy of our praise and our thanksgiving. So that's what thanksgiving is. It was Abraham Lincoln that signed in to law that thanksgiving would be the fourth Thursday in November Thank the Lord, Congress came along and they ratified it and made sure that it could never be changed. But again, there's powers that be that are working through darkness to get rid of us Christians, keep our mouths shut just to dry up and stop. But as long as we are God's blood-bought, born-again children... We should stand and be thankful for what Christ has done. So I'll close with this thought. Where are you when it comes to being thankful? And it's true. It's true. Sometimes it's kind of hard. I'm not saying it's easy because it is hard. Sometimes to be thankful when we go through a trial. We suffer. But I cannot think of a greater testimony to a lost and dying world than for us as Christians to be thankful even when we're going through what we're going through. It's a testimony. So where are you? Do you know the Savior? I'll go ahead and say it. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you really don't know what being thankful is about. But you can this morning. If you'll come and by faith invite him into your heart. He'll save you. And you'll know the true meaning. Thanksgiving. Maybe you're here and you're saved. When's the last time you just came up to the altar and said, Lord, I want to thank you for everything you've done in my life. Everything 
Hadn't always been easy, but God, you've been there and you've seen me through. When's the last time you thanked him? See, that's what Thanksgiving is about. Thanking God, praising God, glorifying God for all of his blessings and benefits. We should want to do that. Amen?